you should invest in inflation because it's the only thing going up. That was what humorist Will Rogers once quipped. On today's show, we're going to talk about higher inflation and one particular asset category that's been doing well because of it. Coming up next, how to inflation-proof your investment portfolio. Stick around. Welcome to the program. I'm Katie Temple with ETF Guide. It's great to see you on this edition of Spotlight. If you're new to ETF Guide, you don't want to miss any episodes, so just hit the subscribe button. Also, we encourage you to post your thoughts or questions in the comment section below. We love, love, love to hear from our audience. Inflation is a perennial threat that reduces everyone's buying power, and with skyrocketing prices for food, gasoline, and building products, more investors and financial advisors are looking for strategies to combat rising inflation. We are pleased to have Kurt Nelson, Managing Partner with Summerhaven Investment Management, to chat about all of this. Kurt, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for your time, Katie. All right. We've seen a massive spike in the prices of everything from raw building materials to crude oil. Give us the big picture of what's going on. What's behind the inflationary pressures that are pushing commodities up? Yeah, I think we had a decade where there were you know significant headwinds to inflation and we sort of forgot that it can happen. Um, you know, the 2010s, I think we all anticipated it and it just didn't appear. But I think there's a we've switched radically from a number of headwinds to now tailwinds. I mean, I think number one is the huge monetary stimulus. You know, after the financial crisis, we printed about five trillion dollars in M2 money supply over four years, five years. We've done more than that in two years since the COVID crisis started. On top of that, something new is you know trillions of dollars of infrastructure spending. So spending for steel, for copper. Um, we also now have. Um, significant supply chain disruptions. People maybe didn't know what that meant a year ago. Everybody knows it now. It's in every newspaper, every periodical, every radio story. We have, uh, um, you know, container ships stuck at Long Beach and elsewhere. Uh, we have um, trucking companies that are having trouble, uh, you know, staffing uh, their, their truck supply chains. And I think another key piece that everyone understands about inflation is wage inflation or what they call wage push inflation. We now have a tight labor market and increasing wages. All of these things are incredibly supportive for commodities. And in our view, I mean, I think this is still very early innings. Uh, I think there's a perception maybe that the reflation trade has happened, that commodities went up a lot and now it's over. And I think we're still maybe in the second inning of, of what's going to be a multi-year um, equilibrium. Uh, for these things to settle out. Um, you know, a few things I'd, I'd highlight is that uh, while equities have had probably the best 12-year run in, in a century, um, commodities are still down from their highs. You know, the Bloomberg Commodity Index, for example, as a benchmark is down substantially still from the highs we saw in 2000, 2007, 2008, before the financial crisis. Um, and you mentioned crude oil. Crude oil is still well below its $140 high from more than a decade ago. And copper, which is something important to us and what we trade, uh, is only equal to where it was in 2011, 2012. So it's kind of flat over 10 years. And I think all these commodities have quite a lot of room to run. Got it. Okay. So a lot of ball to be played left. Thanks I think for so. that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, adding commodities, curtain exposure is one strategy for hedging against inflation. The USCF Summerhaven Dynamic Commodity Strategy 
number K1 fund, SDCI offers diversified exposure to a basket of commodities. Tell us more about the index behind the fund. Sure. Uh, we brought um, our Summer Haven Dynamic Commodity Index out uh, more than a decade ago, and uh, the SDCI ETF is the, the version that does not have a K1. Uh, we have an older version uh, in the model that we used a decade ago, which is ticker USCI. That one does have a K1, and they both have the exact same strategy. I think most ETFs or indexes in our space tend to be a fixed weight, a fixed set of commodities, and they tend to be what you can think of as market cap weighted. They tend to weight on liquidity and production. So they have a lot of oil, a lot of natural gas, a lot of gold, and they'll have just a smattering or zero to things that are important like livestock or soft commodities such as cotton or cocoa or sugar. Our approach, um, which we think is pretty unique, we look at all 27 major commodities, all priced in dollars, and we use a fundamental screen each month to identify uh, which commodities are in relative scarcity compared to the others. And we pick 14. 13 of those get cut to zero, and those other 14 commodities get equal weight. And this is a fundamental process that we've used for more than a dec decade. Uh, it's based on the research of our co-founder and partner, Geert Rauenhorst, who's a, a business professor at Yale School of Management and has written some of, the, I think, the most important research on investing in commodities. So I think the the way that we differentiate and what we're trying to do for investors is be broadly diversified into all the major sectors uh, that represent diversified commodities, but target the ones that have on a forward basis, uh, maybe a, a better tailwind based on low inventories and scarcity. And we rinse, wash and repeat each month and, uh, and carry that forward uh, as a portfolio for investors. Got it. A unique approach for sure. Uh, within the industrial metals complex, copper has been a strong performer. The United States Copper Index Fund, ticker CPER, has gained more than 30% over the past year. Are there any factors or trends that could keep the run in copper prices going? Yeah, copper has been dear to our heart. We launched that ETF a decade ago. And in addition to copper going up a lot, our AUM has gone up a lot. The ETF probably had $10 million in it 15 or 18 months ago, and it's got 300 or more million dollars now. And it's uh, got an active options market as well. Um, copper is incredibly important to the commodity complex and to infrastructure. There's really only three metals that conduct electricity quite well, uh, and they're gold, silver, and copper. Um, you know, silver is trading in the $20 per ounce. Gold's at around $1,800, $1,900 an ounce. Copper is like $4 a pound. So I don't think we're going to see Tesla's wired with gold or silver anytime soon. Aluminum is a distant fourth place. It, it works, but it's inferior to those other four. So I think copper is just instrumental to the electrification of cars, the improvements to our grid, which is in need of repair. Uh, development of charging stations, of which the Biden administration has said they want to build 500,000. And then on top of that, you've got this global push for renewable energy. So solar, wind, et cetera, all of those require copious amounts of copper. And just as an example, um, Katie, like less than 1% of the cars on the road right now are electric. And I've been following the Rivian story like many have. My son wants me to buy one desperately. Um, but they're a fraction of what we drive right now. And I drive two gasoline-powered cars. Um, 20 years from now, they're going to be 99% electric. It's just going to happen, whether it's a bus or a train or an automobile. Um, 
a standard car might use 60 kilograms of copper throughout all the wiring and, and, and pieces of equipment that's required in, in building out the entire vehicle, engine, electronics, et cetera. A electric vehicle of similar size uh, would require closer to 180 or 200 kilograms. So the, it's sort of a 3x load demand for copper of a standard combustion vehicle versus electric vehicle. And I think if you look at projections, it's, that's going to be where consumers are going to be buying with or without government support. And there's a lot of push from, there's a significant push from the US, from Europe, from China, other Asian countries to move their uh, transportation economy from carbon-based to electric-based. All that's going to be incredibly bullish for copper. And then the last thing I'd add, Katie, is that copper is something that we've used in our society for thousands of years. Um, as a physical market, we produce kind of exactly how much copper we need each year. So 20 years ago, it might have been 10 to 15 million tons per year. Now in 21, it's more like 25 million metric tons that are extracted, recycled, refined, and then we use up all of that each year. So it's sort of like a just-in-time inventory, almost like the Walmart model. We don't have copious amounts of strategic reserves of copper. And um, in fact, the last four years, we've had maybe 100,000 to 300,000 ton deficits of where, where production did not quite meet demand. So we're coming onto this, I think, revolutionary transformation to um, our, our global economy from one that's carbon-based to one that's electric-based. And um, I believe that these uh, mining companies, companies like Glencore, Freeport, MacMoran, and others, they've been playing defense for a decade because copper prices were weak in the 2010s. Um, they're not weak any longer. And it's going to take years for them to ramp up supply um, to keep up with it, I think, is going to be an organic and growing demand for a decade or more. So I think the long-term story for copper is really intact and really exciting. Great. That's great information on that, Kurt. One question, Kurt, before we let you go, one more. Uh, gold has no earnings or dividend yield, but a new ETF has changed the game for gold investors going from copper to gold. The USCF Gold Strategy Plus Income, ticker GLDX, offers income potential on gold. So tell us how GLDX works. Absolutely. Appreciate your interest in that. And we're excited to bring this out. USCF Investments has been a, a partner and collaborator with us for, for a decade in the ETF space. Neither of us have had a gold product uh, before. And while diversified commodities might represent maybe $10 billion of the US ETF space, physical gold ETFs are $100 billion plus. And um, almost all of those products are physical gold trusts where they buy the metal, stick it in a vault in London or Switzerland or somewhere else, and they just pay storage fees and management fees, and that's all that they can do. So entering the space for the first time together, we wanted to add some value and provide innovation that wasn't available. And so we've taken a physical gold product, and what we're offering instead is gold futures, which are exchange-traded and very deep and liquid. We also hold treasuries as collateral. So that's a normal futures investment in commodities tends to be futures plus treasuries, but that creates some income. But I think the other important thing we're doing is a basic uh, financial innovation called uh, covered calls or a buy right strategy. So in addition to owning gold uh, futures each month, we're going to sell uh, an out of the money call option. And what that allows us to do is to generate a persistent income 
which we think will, you know, over time be equivalent to about two to five percent annual income of what would otherwise be sort of a, a, a dead or static asset. And uh, we've done this price competitively with the other physical gold ETFs that people have traditionally used. So if uh, if gold goes up 30 percent over a few years or over one year, it's hard to know what's going to happen with gold. But our hope is that on a total return, we'll also uh, capture you know, a 30 percent return. But we'll be able to convert some of that into current income. So maybe it's a five or a 10 percent is, is in the form of dividends and the rest is in price return. That's, I think, important for investors today because you might be a retiree who's living off of current income, and in a, in a traditional gold ETF, you can't achieve that. Or you might be an advisor, and having a recurring income dividend allows you to reinvest, reallocate assets, and add value to the portfolio. So we're excited about this innovation, and uh, it's sort of hot off the press as of last week, um, and we're off to a good start. That's exciting. I mean, that's good information. We covered a lot of metals today. I think of these blocks of gold in a, in a vault, and I just think I'm at the movies in Hollywood watching a James Bond movie. It's crazy to think that that's really in operation. Kurt, thanks so much for your insight. It's fun to be with you today. Yeah, thanks for your time, Kay. Great to talk. Of course, of course. To learn more about investing in commodities and ETF lineup using Summer Haven indexes, go to uscfinvestments.com. The link is posted in our description section below. Don't forget to subscribe to ETF Guide TV. Tell us how you've been enjoying our timely programs like this one and the ETF battles and many others. You can also find us on Twitter at ETF Guide. I'm Katie Temple, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us for Spotlight. We look forward to seeing you next time. Music.